Getting your name on a plaque on the Dunedin UNESCO City of Literature Writers' Walk is a huge deal and also very competitive given how many writers Ōtepote has produced. The latest two writers to be honoured are poet Peter Olds and the late O.E. or Ted Middleton, an award-winning short story writer. Their brass plaques will be found near the city's landmark Robert Burns statue in the Octagon after being unveiled this Friday. Both writers were Robert Burns Fellows at the University of Otago in the 1970s. But while the city was already home to Peter, Ted stayed on after his residency ended. He died in 2010. I spoke to Roger Hicken, who was Peter Old's longtime friend and publisher, and to Ted Middleton's widow, poet Cynthia Greensill. First I asked Roger how he and Peter crossed paths. Well, I met Peter back in 1970. We were, we were both... At uh, at Jerusalem uh, with Max, although not at the same time, but and then uh, uh, when Peter came back to Dunedin from from up north, we uh, you know drank in the same uh, corner at the, uh, the Captain Cook Hotel with Honey Too Fari and uh, one you know a few others, yeah. Uh, and then I didn't see Peter. When I moved up to Christchurch and. 73, I didn't see Peter for uh, quite a number of years until uh, about uh, or somewhere between 15 and 20 years ago we we met up again and uh, he published uh, a broadsheet for me, he was running a little thing called the Broadsheet Company he published some of my poems and then I published some of his and uh, I've been publishing them ever since he was part of a you know, part of a whole uh, thing that was happening around around that time in the early 70s, you know, with Caveman Press, which he helped uh, set up with Trevor Reeves, and uh, um, they were publishing uh, people like Charles Bukowski and uh, William Wantling from the, from the United States. Uh, so there was an influence coming in, you know, there, and then, of course, the influence of the you know of the earlier beats from the from the 60s. Peter is a sort of quintessentially a beat poet, I suppose. But I think it was all part of a, a mixture that was you know a culture that was happening then. And I think maybe Peter's example has uh, influenced people, uh, you know, other poets uh, as much as his own poetry. His his, his sort of quiet unassuming uh, dedication to his work. Almost monastic dedication, I should say. Yeah. Um, Cynthia, I'll bring you in in here. We're just thinking about the 1970s. It was Ted came to Dunedin to take up the Robert Burns Fellowship at the university. So he was um, one of the drinkers of the cook, and um, as was I on occasion. And it was a very exciting and interesting time. Yeah, for writers and, and for other creative people too. We met here. Uh, yes, he, he came to Dunedin and just fell in love with, with Dunedin and with Otago and its hinterland. And he was um, he had good friends here who took him out walking on the hills um, around Dunedin and various parts of Otago. And in fact, the little um, excerpt that we've put on the plaque is from notes that he wrote after a walk up in the hills. Um, he used to go with Charles Brash and and um, Professor John Child very often, and he just loved um, loved Otago and and he found it such a congenial place for for somebody who was trying to write. Um, it was full of creative people of all sorts. He he just 
thrived really in the atmosphere here. He didn't actually write a lot about Dunedin. His stories date really, a lot of the stories uh, about earlier times. He was he was nearly 50 when he came to Dunedin um, and he'd already written a lot about about his travels overseas, about the working people that he had been with. He, he, he was... Um, he was never well off, and he was always forced to take on often manual labouring jobs in order to to make ends meet and to support his young family then. So a lot of his stories are about working people, about Pacifica people, about Māori. One of my favourite stories, I guess, is A Married Man. It's a very poignant story about a couple who lose their first child at birth and about the way they cope, both the man and the woman cope with it. It's a it's a beautiful story and, and I like how in that story how he sees the woman's point of view, takes the woman's point of view. That's yeah, that would be one of my favourite stories. One of the most famous ones is called Killers and it's about a family out driving and they hit a hawk rising up from the road, and it's about the death of the hawk and the reaction of the family to to hitting the hawk. It has an extraordinary power to get inside even the hawk's mind, not in an anthropomorphic kind of way, but in very closely observed look at the natural world and the reaction of the natural world. I had a friend who used to say she read that story once a year and it always made her cry. It's a very powerful story. Roger, similar question for you. I mean, you'd know Peter's poetry better than pretty much anybody else. Is there a a poem that that you return to and reread and think about? There are so many to choose from, you know, there are, and, and there's such a variety. You know, there's there's the the early poems, the you know, the sort of substance fueled, manic uh, poems of addiction and uh, mental illness, and and then there are the, the memorable sea cliff poems of uh, you know Zen solitude, uh, written around the time that he was living in a hut uh, uh, in Seacliff near the old hospital grounds, and then there are. There is marvelous evocations of childhood. I think one of the one of the one of the best ones of the, of the childhood poems, a poem called "Black Bees," which is about uh, when he was very little and uh, going out with his father when they were living in Oxford in uh, North Canterbury. Uh, uh, his father kept bees, and uh, it's a poem about a hot day and a little boy. Uh, who's left in the car and told not to get out while his father goes and tends to the beehive. Um, and uh, I won't spoil the story by going any further. But uh, it's a, I think it's an extraordinarily good poem. But there are lots, and there are lots of Dunedin poems that are uh, wonderful too. Uh, Peter was a familiar sight around town uh, for, for a long time, uh, with his uh, backpack and his floppy hat and his notebook and his camera. And uh, many of his uh, Dunedin poems are stories of his walks. Um, street after Saltwind Street, as he has it in one poem. Uh, stories of what goes on in the streets, you know, portraits of his friends and acquaintances, especially among the, you know, the marginalised members of the community. David Eagleton, who 
once described Peter as the laureate of the marginalised, which uh, we've used on the plaque, (laughs) along with a along with a quote from. uh, Peter, um, a poem called The Dragon Cafe, and he, he writes, This is where I came to write my songs when they first twitched in the mind. Yeah. Yeah, his phrasing is just beautiful. S- Cynthia, yeah. uh, well, given how much Ted loved the, the city, as you say, when he came here, just instantly fell in love with it, this recognition from the city to Ted, would it have meant a great deal to him, do you think? Oh, yes, I think so. And it's very appropriate that his the plaque has been placed right close to several of his old friends, Ruth Dallas, Dan Davin, Charles Brash. Their plaques are just nearby. And I feel very... Um, I know he would be very pleased to think that he was in such excellent company. Oh, it's lovely. Same question for you, Roger. What does this mean to Peter? Oh, I think it means a lot. Peter's uh, 77 uh, and he's he's quite unwell at the moment. Uh, in fact, he's just gone into a home and at present he's, he's actually in the hospital. So we're, we've got our fingers crossed that he's going to be able to make it on Friday. But, uh, I think, uh, you know, his plaque for Peter is long overdue because he's... He's, uh, he really is Dunedin's unofficial poet laureate. He's written more about Dunedin than... Uh, which he once called a, a city of psychiatric clinics, pubs, and bookstores. Um, <laughs> he's, you know, he's written more about the name than just than any other writer, really. And uh, if anybody deserves a plaque, and the answer can be does. And uh, again, the placement was everything uh, because of his closeness to James K. Baxter. Uh, I asked for the uh, plaque to be placed, if possible. Uh, where there was a, a perfect spot behind Robbie Burns, there's James K. Baxter, behind James K. Baxter's Peter Holmes. <laughs> oh. Cynthia mentioned the the selection of the words for the plaque for um, for Ted's plaque. What about for Peter? Again, such a large body of work. So, so I think the choice of words is incredibly important. So what will we see mm-hmm. on Peter's plaque? Write my songs when they first twitched in the mind. Peter's written quite a lot of poems uh, actually situated in the octagon, but it was it was difficult to find a quote that really did the trick, and, and eventually we settled on on that one, which uh, yeah is uh, is a nice sort of biographical tang to it. Yeah, Cynthia, the writer's walk is just such a a beautiful idea, and I've started the story by saying actually it's rather competitive uh, because so many writers um, have come from um, or fallen in love with the city. But it is a, an extraordinary experience to be able to to walk and to read the plaques and to remember, and to remember what a extraordinary city Dunedin is for the writers and lovers of literature, which is why it's a UNESCO city of literature. Yes, it certainly uh, punches above its weight for literature, and yeah, the, the octagon is just walking around and reading the plaques is a is a really moving experience. Cynthia Greensill and Roger Hicken, the plaques for Peter Olds and Owie Middleton will be unveiled officially on Friday in the Octagon. It's part of the Dunedin Writers 